Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. One of the key if-then passages that we have been studying through the month of December in our Digging Deep Study, The God of All Comfort, is Leviticus chapter 26. There are little if statements and then there are huge then statements. As a matter of fact, we've been kind of talking back and forth about this today. Some of the diggers about how much writing there was to do in answering the question Leviticus 26, make an if then chart. So we're looking at God saying, if you do this, then I will do this. And we have listed several if statements of God. And then if you do this, I will do this. But if you do not hearken to me, then you will be punished in these ways. So I wanted us to look really quickly at some of those passages, particularly as we notice the number seven in these passages. He says, let's just start in verse 17. I'm going to set my face against you. This is if you despise my statutes and if you don't hearken to me from verses 14 and 15. I'll set my face against you and you will be slain before your enemies. They that hate you will reign over you and you will flee when nobody's pursuing you. And if you won't yet for all this hearken to me, another if statement, then I will chastise you or punish you seven times more for your sins. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. And your strength will be spent in vain, for your land will not yield her increase, neither will the trees of the land yield their fruits. And if you walk contrary to me, another if statement, and don't hearken to me, then I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I will send wild beasts among you, which will rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. He's really describing there Jerusalem in the days of Nehemiah. Remember when it made Nehemiah so sad before the king, and he was the cupbearer to the king, and the king allowed him to go back and rebuild the walls? He's describing that fallen state of the grand city of Jerusalem that did occur because they did forsake God. And if you won't be reformed by me, by these things, but you continue to walk contrary to me, then will I walk contrary to you and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And I'll bring the sword on you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant and or the vengeance of my covenant. And when you are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence among you, and you will be delivered into the hand of the enemy. There are four times that this seven of punishment is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 26. So as we're noticing seven in Leviticus chapter 26, I think it's important for us to notice exactly the meaning of that word. So when we look at at the word seven there, and we're going to look at it in the New Testament, but the Hebrew word is Shabbat, 
related to S-A-B-A, from which they get their word Sabbath. But the word Shabbat means to be full, to be abundant. And so that word Shabbat means a completion. And God is using the term seven there to mean I am going to destroy you and punish you to the full, to the abundant, to the completion. And it's really interesting to think about that. Now, I know that there are some that try to assign a literal time frame to that, but I don't think we can do that in Leviticus 26 because uh, when God says, I'm going to send seven times more plagues upon you according to your sin, and I'm going to punish you yet seven times for your sin, there's way more than seven punishments for their sin in the upcoming history of Judaism here as we begin in Leviticus chapter 26. I think we have to look at that Hebrew word, which means to the completion, to the fullness, and realize that here God is saying it won't be a little punishment. It'll be a great, complete, and full punishment. I will, as he says in verse 25, I'll bring the sword on you and execute the vengeance of the covenant when you are gathered together within your cities. I'm going to complete my part of this covenant. I'm going to complete my punishment. I think that's what the seven means there. But I wanted us to go ahead and look at the seven with regard to punishment and persecution, um, especially persecution and the kind of punishment that we're going to incur from the devil if we are not faithful. I wanted us to look at that and the devil's characteristic of having seven heads from Revelation chapter 12. So if you'll turn over to Revelation chapter 12, I want us to just look for a minute at the continuation of this image of seven. It says in the beginning of that chapter, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And now the dragon is identified. We don't have to wonder who the dragon was because it says in verse 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world and he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So the dragon here with the seven heads is Satan. It is the devil. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ 
for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives even unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye who dwell in them. Woe to those who inhabit the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. So I, I don't want to belabor Revelation 12. I know that there are more than one interpretations about Revelation 12. But I believe the woman represents, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I believe she represents the apostolic church as it was originally established, the one that was certainly persecuted through uh, the Roman Empire by the devil himself, by the dragon, persecuting the New Testament, uh, the early Christians, and they were given uh, great persecution, even unto the death. They were martyrs, and they did uh, receive their crown in heaven as they gave, they didn't give up even unto the death, as this chapter says, as they were persecuted by the devil. I don't think that it's a stretch to say that we know that the serpent with the seven heads is the devil because the Bible literally says that for us in verse 9 of this chapter. It's described as being a great dragon and red in color. And I think that would imply that his fight against the church would be terrific and characterized with bloodshed. Um, that is what John Hines says in his commentary on the book of Revelation. And I believe that he's correct about that. It doesn't matter what I think about it, but it makes sense to me that we're talking about the early persecution of the New Testament church. I believe that when we look at the, at the term seven there, the numeral seven corresponds to the Hebrew term Shabbat, but in our New Testaments, it is the word Heptah, meaning still to be full and abundant. It's found 88 times in the New Testament, but 56 of those times, unbelievably, are found in the very last book of Revelation. The number seven represents perfection or completeness. Now, as we look at completeness, and we know that this dragon is the devil, and we know that he has seven heads, I believe that he has an abundance of authority. He had an abundance of power. I know he didn't have as much power as God ever. When the war happens between God and the devil, God wins. That's the theme of the book of Revelation, is the victory that we have in Christ. But the church was established, of course, within the Roman Empire, and it was therefore politically uh, subjected. It was under Roman authority. And we also know from history that the early church went through many extreme persecutions and suffered much from the Roman rulers. So the first great power against the church, political power against the church, authoritative power against the church that the devil worked through, of course, was the Roman Empire. 
So I believe it's not a stretch to say that the devil here with seven heads, the seven would mean pretty complete, and the heads would quite probably mean authority. So here we have a great demonic authority persecuting this man-child that was delivered. And those Christians being, and the man-child that would, was delivered, I believe, would be the kingdom of God. But, I, and I'm not going to go through every, and of course, I don't know definitively that what I'm saying is true, but it makes sense to me to believe that here these seven heads on this great dragon represent authority and completeness of of that um, completion or abundance of persecution and abundance of authoritative persecution through the Roman Empire that we read about in Revelation chapter 12. Now what I wanted to say here is just that I think it's important for us to see that God means what he says. That God means in Leviticus chapter 26 that if you follow me, I'm going to bless you abundantly. But if you walk contrary to me, I'm going to walk contrary to you. If you're opposing me, I will, in completion, punish you. I will, as that passage we looked at, what verse was it? As we're looking at those sevens, in Leviticus chapter 26, we see in verse 25, I will bring the sword on you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. He's saying, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm making an if-then covenant. And if you walk contrary to me, I will finish the punishment that I'm promising here. And I think it's just interesting that we go all the way over to Revelation chapter 12. And we look at the devil, and he is opposing the infant church with completion, with seven heads. I believe we see, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do one more, and then we'll be done for today. Seven is in the book of Revelation, an abundance of times. What did we say? I think we said um, that those references of seven in the book of Revelation are 56. The number, the number seven representing completion, completeness, I think would make sense also when we look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Let's look at those and then we'll be done. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Remember, we're talking about God's covenant and we're talking about the comfort that we get being a conditional comfort. Our comfort is complete because the devil with the seven heads is overcome. That old serpent, the devil, is overcome as we read the narrative in Revelation. So our comfort is complete if we are faithful to our God as were these martyrs in the New Testament. But our punishment is also complete if we walk contrary to God. So let's look at, at Revelation chapter 1, and let's look, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's really um, 
from the word apocalypsis, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, which came to mean a cataclysmic event only in recent times. That's not what it meant back when Revelation was being written. What it meant when Revelation was being written was a revelation. That's exactly what it meant, a mystery being revealed. So the mystery being revealed of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, there's one of the sevens, grace be to you and peace from him which is and was and is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. I don't know, but I believe this refers to the completeness. We're getting to the, to the very completion of the revelation of God. I believe this spirit is the Holy Spirit. And the seven spirits represent that Holy Spirit, the complete revelation of the Holy Spirit, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, unto the prince of the kings of the earth, to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So the revelation is from the seven spirits and from Jesus Christ. In my, my version of the Bible, it's capitalized. I believe here the seven spirits refer to the Holy Spirit of God, which is revealing in this context. I mean, we just have a revelation of Jesus Christ being revealed by seven spirits, which are from the throne of God and from Jesus Christ. I believe this, the reason it says seven spirits there figuratively to the apostolic church, to those seven churches of Asia, was to be saying, this is the complete revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Just some interesting things, Just and this is just, I know, just a, I chose just three passages that have <clears throat> the word Shabbat or Heptah in them, one from the Old Testament Leviticus that we were studying and two from the book of Revelation. But what I'm saying is that I believe that what it means in Leviticus as we study conditional comfort is that God was saying, yes, I'm going to give you these complete blessings if you walk in my ways. But if you don't, my judgment will be complete my vengeance i will keep my covenant and i will be sure that my promises are kept whether it is the promise of fullness and crops and a great infrastructure and the great security that you will have in the promised land whether it's that or whether you walk contrary to me and I do complete my punishment against you and you find yourselves in captivity without the blessings of the land, without the blessings of security that are known in the great city of Jerusalem and in the territory around it, without the infrastructure of 
the gate and the walls. And I love the fact that it even specifically refers to your highways will be desolate in Leviticus chapter 26. God's saying, I will complete my promise of desolation against you if you do not walk in my ways. So our blessings of comfort today still, when we look at the book of Revelation and the victory that's there, particularly in chapters 20 and 21, when we look at that, we see that that comfort is for those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So an interesting little overview of the number seven, and you can follow this uh, theory that seven means completion, and it becomes more and more obvious as you study the scriptures and everywhere where Shabbat and Heptah are mentioned in your Old and New Testaments, respectively. I hope that this has been a little bit interesting to you. I hope that the study of conditional comfort has been interesting, and I'm very much looking forward to our podcast. As I'm speaking, it's Friday, January, about January 6th, and our podcast is coming up next week on January, next Tuesday night. I believe that's January the 10th. So keep studying, and our next month's lesson is something that I'm very much looking forward to as we talk about the promise of God, I'm with you. All right, have a good one.